but then waking up uh, Tuesday at 7 a.m. or before 7 a.m. in the morning because I had a 7 a.m. interview uh, with Madison Square Garden and Sam Simmons uh, for the Production and Programming Student Associate position. Um, I was really excited about it, obviously, having in interviewed for this position for several months. Um, it was a long process, and I'm, I was really excited to see this was going to be my last interview. Um, so I, had to, I asked them, I said, you know, I'm going to be at Ve in Vegas for NBA Summer League. Can we please do it as early as possible? Uh, because I'm starting at 8 a.m. in Vegas. Can we do it maybe at 7 and 10 a.m. Eastern? They said, sure. They, they accommodated me. I was very thankful for that. Um, I got to take the interview at that time early in the morning, right before getting on a 7.30 bus um, to make sure that I got to the arena in time for the um, 8 a.m. start time of SBC. Um, funny enough, on the elevator going down, um, while I'm in a rush to get to the 7.30 bus, we would wrapped up around 7.20, 7.25. Um, the interview went great. I, I obviously, I, I told Sam that I had to leave for the, the bus. Um, we, we, we got through everything. I, I told him all about the show and stuff, and he loved it. Um, but I, I run into Jamie Vatialil, um, from the Salt Lake City Stars on the elevator, which was really funny because we kind of just walked into the elevator. We obviously both know we're, we're there for NBA Summer League from our shirts, and we started talking. Um, Jamie was someone I would see like five times a day. He was just always everywhere. I, I would go to games. I would just see him. I would just give him a little head nod because we just always kind of always saw each other. Um, he needs a little convincing to come on the show because he doesn't think he's I, – I gave him a big pep talk. Guys, I might need your help too. Maybe flood his DMs. He was saying how he hasn't gotten to that level yet um, to where he has a story to share, and obviously you guys all know everyone has a story. Um, anyone, you know, anyone that has a passion for this game has a story, and I want to hear it. Um, so we'll get Jamie on soon. He, he, he had a little bit of a cold feet about it, uh, but we'll make sure to get him on soon. Um, but then, right, um, well, I get on the bus right after meeting Jamie. Finally, you know, run into the Nima's calling me saying, where are you? I'm like, dude, I just had an interview. Running onto the bus. I get on the bus. I'm sitting next to Nima, and at 7.38, I get a call from Isabella D'Ambrosio from MSG uh, telling me that I received the offer. Uh, so I was really excited. It was a great way to kick off uh, SBC because now I knew I had this. Um, I, ha I had this job opportunity lined up. Uh, whatever would come from NBA Summer League, I would have. But obviously, now I had this. I had a week to decide, um, and I was kind of just you know weighing my options. And it was really it was a really good feeling knowing that kind of I had this all set up. Um, so I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do with the entirety of Summer League still ahead of me, but I, I knew I'd figure that out as as time went along. Um, once we got to Thomas and Mac, we started the day off with Jeff Ballinger, who was also going to be a future guest. He's incredible. Um, who gave a great breakdown of resume building and jobs 101. Uh, networking and resume writing. So I had a lot to uh, ask him about and talk about with that, obviously with the networking that he was talking about, um, which was a lot of fun just to start off. I obviously was able to have a, my pres you know, I was able to have my voice heard at, at, at the SBC and become someone that people, you know, knew who, who I was because I was, I was raising my hand and, and interacting. Uh, but then we kind of split up into our teams. I was assigned the Cleveland Cavaliers, which I was very excited about. Then, right, right after we get split into teams, we had Marcus Thompson from The Athletic come join us for Media and Broadcasting 101, Nuts and Bolts of Media. Now, Marcus Thompson's really cool. You might remember his name on this show uh, from episode 205, um, an ode to Giannis Antetokounmpo. So basically, after the Bucks won the finals, uh, Marcus went on and did a, he kind of wrote a poem about Giannis. Um, and I, I came on the show, and I, I obviously gave Marcus, I obviously gave Marcus credit at the beginning, but I kind of recounted, I, I kind of read the poem and, and recounted it because I thought it was beautiful and it was really well written. Um, so shout out to Marcus for a great piece. But he joined us to talk about his career path. And the main takeaway that everyone kind of was talking about, uh, uh, this was kind of like one of the running jokes of, NBA, of, uh, of SBC, was he said, when you want something, you got to be a gangster when you want to get it. And I thought we, everyone was loud. Everyone thought that was so cool. Like, you got to be a gangster. You got to be a gangster. Like, if you want something, you got to be a So it was kind of a networking thing. Like, we, we really made it funny at, at Summer League in terms of like, okay, like, you want you to go talk to that guy? Go, go, go be a gangster. Go be a gangster. Go talk to that guy. Uh, so we, made it, we had some fun. Uh, Mark was really cool. Unfortunately, his socks came late. This was one of the problems with, with uh, the shipping that I now realized is that 
especially with hotels, so the, all the boxes came, let's say, on some of the boxes came on Monday, some of them came on Tuesday. Obviously, that's, that's a problem because the, the, the NBA Summer League started on, on Sunday and, and SBC was on Monday. Uh, but the hotel didn't even, like, this is the problem with shipping to hotels. They didn't even get the shipping right away. They, it came to the hotel, but then they rerouted it immediately. There's no way to control it to a nearby hotel that kind of handles all this stuff, all the packaging. So that hotel then has it in a warehouse, and then that hotel has to market and like organize it and file it before they can give it out, which takes about a day or two. So there was some socks that I didn't get until Wednesday or Thursday, so I missed a few guests on that, which is kind of annoying. A couple of my friends had stuff shipped to them, um, and they obviously had they, they didn't get it in time or they didn't get it at all um, because of the timing of it. So something to keep in mind when you're traveling. Uh, but right after, uh, you know, Marcus Thompson and, and his motivation, uh, we had Operations 101 inside the front office with Wes Wilcox, who's the assistant general manager of the Sacramento Kings. Obviously a really great guy. Really, really, what I noticed about all these execs wasn't so much what they knew about the game. It was their presentation. Like, obviously, Wes Wilcox is a brilliant basketball mind. He's done a lot of great things, and so have all the other guests I'm going to rattle off. But the way he controlled the room was something different. Um, I obviously would hope that I'm getting better at, at, at speaking and presenting as, I, as this podcast moves along. Um, obviously, I still have a lot of work to do and a lot of room to grow, uh, but just seeing the way they controlled it and the presence, they really almost, a lot of them had an aura to them, um, which is pretty incredible. Some, some, some didn't, some were maybe a little bit more, I'd say normal is the word to describe them. Yeah, Wes was great talking to us about um, really, just, really just what it's like working in a front office and, and really giving us some inside, an inside look as to maybe the, the actual behind the scenes, maybe like the, the more, like not, not so much the technical basketball stuff, but more so the relationship stuff and how you kind of interact with people, which is obviously so important. And we, not, not, there's no lesson we learned more about it summarily than that basketball is a people business. The people is what matters. It's not the basketball. It's not the stats. It's the people. Um, so then right after Wes Wilcox, we went right into Scouting and Analytics 101, Introduction to Scouting with Dan Purcell, Dave Dufour, and Ryan McDonough. All future guests, uh, Dave Dufour was a main instructor uh, who serves an, as an analyst for The Athletic. Great guy. We'll, we'll talk a lot about him and some of the funny moments with Dave later. Uh, but also Dan Purcell, um, is a current scout for the New Orleans Pelicans, and Ryan McDonough was the architect of the of this year's Phoenix Suns when, that went to the NBA Finals when he served as GM of the Phoenix Suns, and he drafted Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, and the rest of their supporting cast. Um, so really everyone outside of Chris Paul was his doing, and he kind of built this team. Got to see it go all the way to the Finals, which is pretty cool. Um, so obviously a lot of guys to really learn from, and, and they were so sharp at their analysis. Dan Purcell, for the most part, Dan Purcell, above all, was someone that really just the way he thought, it was his thought process, the way he would kind of ask us, he would, he would come up to our group, we'd be, try, we'd be talking about a trade, and he'd ask us questions to challenge us to think outside the box as to why we're doing what we're doing, why we believe what we believe, who are we as a team. And that's kind of what they, the whole thing about introduction to uh, in the front office and scouting analytics was understanding who you are first. That's the biggest thing, and they kept on pushing that, pushing that, pushing that. Uh, so that's something you definitely want. Uh, to realize is who are you? Self awareness is huge. Gary Vee always talks about that, um, and, and that's obviously something that's huge in basketball too. Uh, so finally, after wrapping up a long day of classes, we went into our game rotations. So to describe kind of what game rotations are um, in in uh, in uh, SBC, there were three majors. I was in media and broadcasting. I'd switched b before from uh, league salary cap. Um, Larry Kuhn wasn't too thrilled about that. We made a lot of jokes about it at Summer League, but it was all cool, all, all love uh, with Larry. I love the league salary cap stuff, but medium broadcasting, obviously with the show, is more my style. Uh, so I was in medium broadcasting, well, obviously league salary cap, and then there was scouting, video analytics. Most of the people here for the first time were scouting, video analytics. Out of the 60, I believe it was 62 people in, in SBC, um, there were about, I would say, close to 
35 people in, in scouting and, and analytics, only eight of us in media and broadcasting. We really represented hard, and then about 20 in league salary cap. Um, so really, media and broadcasting was a, was a for sure minority. There weren't very many of us, uh, but we made a lot of noise. We, we had a lot of fun, and we did some, we had some great, everyone was telling us, like, dude, you guys are doing so much. You guys are having such a great time. Like, you guys look like you're, you're getting so much out of this. And it was true, because we were. Um, our game rotations, um, the scouting guys would watch games with scouts, which is cool. League salary cap guys kind of do a similar thing in terms of um, right, analyzing the game and stuff like that with the people. What we did with media and broadcasting was something we can never do anywhere else. Um, or we can't watch it on a YouTube video. We can't kind of get this experience anywhere else. We actually had our hands full doing pregame and postgame shows in a full live studio on the concourse. And then we also did some play-by-play. -play. That was really cool. For me, I mean, it really got me out of my comfort zone because I'm used to being here in front of a mic maybe by myself or maybe on Zoom. Uh, having a guest and doing these kind of interviews. These maybe roundtable discussions with the headsets and the bright lights and, the, and people walking by, that's way different. I mean, the play-by-play -play was cool too because I've always wanted to do play-by-play -play for Xavier and I might be doing that soon. Uh, the athletic department has been nice enough to tell me uh, that they'd like me to start doing it with the students. Uh, at first it was, hey John, let's, you know, Try to, try to focus on coaching. You know, we want to obviously keep this, this professional persona, but now this is my career. Uh, now I kind of really want to do this media stuff. I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, so they're, they're going to let me start doing some play-by-play -play for Xavier, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, this year as I coach the JV team, uh, I'm getting moved up to JV to coach that. And hopefully, uh, don't, 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 uh, don't quote me on this, but hopefully there's uh, some kind of varsity B team we can make at Xavier. I'm really hoping we can do that. Um, and I could get my hands full of coaching, get some media stuff going in. Uh, love, obviously love Xavier High School, and we'll have a lot of Xavier stories in about two episodes uh, when it comes to summer league because a lot of people started recognizing my Xavier polos uh, and my backpack. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, there's so much to talk about here at summer league. It's, this is incredible. I'm so excited. But we actually did um, pregame, postgame shows as well as play-by-play -play for Detroit versus Houston and, and Clippers versus uh, Trailblazers. A lot of fun doing that. Um, I obviously was was pretty was, felt pretty good about the uh, the postgame and pregame interviews for my first time doing them. Um, I, to be completely honest, I didn't actually do we, we went straight from class this so I didn't really do any research. I didn't really know anyone from the teams. Um, everyone else kind of apparently they weren't paying attention to the lectures, I guess, and they were they were making these these uh, they're making these game sheets about you know who the players were on each team and they knew who they were talking about. They knew all the guys on, on the on the on the Pistons or the or the or the or, or the Rockets or whoever it might have been. And I had no idea. So I was kind of just I was going by ear but the one uh, compliment that Bo Essie's game at the end of the of the thing was that my basketball knowledge was 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 chief among almost everybody there. Obviously with my coaching background. So really that's what I think um, I could tr maybe try to double down on to set myself apart. Obviously presentation's huge and that's what I have to focus on. Uh, but really having the the confidence that I, I, I can I, I kind of know the game through all the experiences that I've had. I, I'll continue to learn more. I obviously I'm not even close to knowing it all yet. Um, but that can kind of that can kind of you know having that, that having that confidence in in my ability uh, to talk about the game. Um, obviously through doing this show um, will help a lot in plugging up a lot of those holes. So that's kind of what allowed me to have success some success um, despite not preparing in the uh, pregame and postgame shows. Um, obviously, we prepare a lot for Gen Z hoops, but for this, it was kind of last minute. We're like, oh, let's do a pregame show. Okay, let's do it. Um, a lot of fun doing that. And then we did our play-by-play, -play, and I was paired up well with Kelsey for the first one. Kelsey's a great dude, really energetic, and we'll, I'll be talking about all the media and broadcasting majors in a little bit. We had some fun times. Um, but we, I, I was really struggling to keep up with play-by-play. -play. I really, the first, I mean, I got a lot better as the week went on. The first time doing it, I had no idea what was happening. I was I, I didn't know whose number I didn't know who who was who I couldn't read the, see the numbers from as far up as we were to like quickly to kind of you know spit it out, you know going from the monitor to the court was really tough. 
Um, it, it was it was difficult. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I got a lot better at it as the week went on, which was which was good. But that's kind of what I needed. It was to go to summer league and to get pushed a little bit, uh, to kind of get out of my comfort zone. So after we're done with the play by plays, I tried to find John Comodoros from episode 139, uh, Detroit Pistons equipment manager, great guy. Um, him and Elliot Dewitt. I knew Elliot Dewitt. I texted him, so he had left right right after the game. John was hanging around, so I tried to meet up with him. Couldn't find him. Um, and instead ran into their athletic trainer, Vasily Mudzuros, another fellow Greek. So I kind of saw him and I said, I, I bumped in, I, I kind of bumped into him and said, hey, uh, do you know where uh, John, uh, Kong is? Because that's, that's what John goes by. And he goes, no, but I'm going to hang out with him now to go out. He's like, why? And I look at his name tag and I said, wait, I said, Milasinika, which, which means do you speak Greek? And he said, he said, nah, yes. So we started going back and forth in Greek. Nemo was over there like, what's going on here? Uh, but it was, it was really funny, right? Nemo actually had to talk a lot about his added work. with. He's doing a lot of work with bi uh, biomechanics. So he was telling uh, Vasily a lot about that, who goes, who goes by Bill, uh, Bill Muzuros. We were talk talking to Vasily about that. It was really cool uh, having a little back and forth. And that, you know, that I, I, I didn't know him at all, but I just knew someone on the Pistons mentioned that. And we got started a conversation. And we had some similar interests. Nima had a similar interest with biomechanics. That's kind of how it all happens. So really cool seeing all that go down. Uh, then, obviously, uh, tried to find some food again at night. We ended up getting, uh, we ended up finding something. Um, a, lot, a lot of protein bars were eaten on this trip. A lot of, uh, a lot of cases of water were, were, went, were gone through. A lot of uh, quick snacks, a lot of Starbucks trips, quick food, quick little bites to eat. Um, were secured because of the absence of any really good food until the end, which we'll get into. A lot of the I, I went to some nice restaurants at the end once uh, I had more time and got out of NBA Summer a little bit earlier. Can't wait to give you guys some good Vegas recos for when you're a little bit more flexible. Uh, when we were there in the arena with SBC from 8 a.m. in the morning until 10 o'clock at night, it was kind of tough to ha have your options open, but as the week went on, um, I started showing up to the arena at noon for games, and then that's when they, because that's when games would start, at like, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of the following week. Um, and then at night, um, I'd be the last game would finish up at eight, and there'd be all the all the restaurants would still be open. Uh, so we'll definitely get into that more later. And I know a lot of you guys will want to uh, know about that, what, what spots to go to, because I had some good food while I was in Vegas. Uh, towards the end, uh, not so good food at the beginning, but we'll get into that. Um, so, so let's start off with Wednesday. Um, start off the day, made the bus again. Might have been a little late too. I think I remember Nima might have been texting me like, "Yo, where are you?" Um, just because of of being up, whether it was doing stuff with the show or whatever it might have been. Um, maybe just staying up in the room, getting some classwork done. Um, really, just cramming. Everything was just happening so fast. It was really tough to keep up. Uh, but we did. We got we got through it. Um, but we went, got to. Uh, we were supposed to have Jeff Fellinger's Jobs Two Hundred One Finding Differentiators, uh, which would have been cool, right? So kind of knowing about what stands out. That was supposed to be how we started the day. But Jeff actually got bumped over uh, because Kiki Vandaway uh, came to talk to us. Um, he was supposed to talk to us the following day, uh, but his flight got changed. Um, so we got to hear Ki from Kiki in the morning. Um, if you don't know who Kiki is, definitely look him up. He's a staple in the NBA. He's a legend. Um, super long NBA career, successful NBA career. He's one of the, you know, one of the great players of the 70s. Um, but now he's the NBA executive VP of basketball operations. That's that's a pretty big title. He's like right under Adam Silver. Um, so definitely Kiki does some really cool things. Um, I had his socks ready, like in my hands. Um, but once he finished, he literally was escorted off the stage uh, by like five people. He like, like Larry, Dave, everyone kind of surrounded him because no, they didn't want any. You know, obviously he, had to, he literally got into the car and drove off to the airport um, immediately. And he was kind of late. He was supposed to leave at nine. He was still talking at like nine oh seven. And everyone was looking, like all all the people up, like Larry was looking at his watch, like, yo, you don't you have to go? Uh, but Kiki's, that, that's the kind of person he is. He's that good of a guy where he stayed after. I hope he made his flight. I think he made his flight. Um, but 
Didn't get to give him the socks. I'll make sure to send them to him later and hopefully get him on the show. Uh, but really great speech that he gave. Um, really with, with him, that's when I really realized in terms of the, 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 the tempo and the way he's able to control the room. Let me try to work on it now on this show a little bit, maybe having that similar tempo. Um, but he really perfected it to where I really listened to every single word. It was incredible. Um, listening to this man talk about his career, his journey, and really his role uh, as executive VP of basketball operations is really governing what, like, what, think about it. It's be, like, like think, think about the title. Ex- he's the VP, executive VP, so the highest of the high almost, of basketball operations in the entire NBA. So we were talking about the playing tournament. We were talking about really just so many intricate, you know, the schedule, so many things um, that you always think like, oh, who who runs that stuff? Like, it's the powers that be. It's the NBA. No, it's Kiki Vandaway, um, and obviously a lot of other people. Obviously, the commissioner is involved too. But it was just cool hearing him talk about that. So didn't get to give him his socks, but it's okay because what I did do is um, I gave Eric Pincus his socks. Eric Pincus was on episode 104. Um, we met him obviously at the virtual uh, SBC event back in March. Um, Eric was thrilled to see the socks. He immediately sent them to his wife. Um, and he ended up showing up in socks for the coming days. We'll talk about that for sure. Uh, but Eric's a great guy. He was just so happy to see them. Um, he's really everyone at SBC has this has this humor that you really wouldn't understand until you hear it. Um, so he was very funny with it. Um, he kept it a secret though from the other guys. Which I was very thankful for. Thank you, Eric, if you're listening, uh, for keeping the socks a secret because I ended up giving Larry. I, I don't want anyone to feel left out. I, I gave it to everyone else as I got to know them. Um, Eric obviously had a relationship with already from him coming on the show. Um, but it was really cool seeing. Uh, Eric, just his face light up when I gave him the socks. Um, but then we got Larry Kuhn uh, up on stage with the anticipated CBA 101, the salary cap through the eyes of players. So we, Larry kind of broke it up where the first uh, CBA 101 was about the players and how they kind of look at the CBA. Then we saw how teams view the CBA, and then we did the deep dive, which I didn't get to see because I was in media and broadcasting, but definitely was a lot of fun, I can imagine. Uh, but the CBA through the eyes of players, we kind of went through, he kind of had... Um, it, we, we weren't talking about specific players in their contracts, but it was kind of the types of players. So, for example, the first was like a perennial MVP. So we saw like Steph Curry on the screen, and it was like, okay, drafted by his, uh, his uh, the team that dra- uh, t- drafted by signed his rookie extension with the team that drafted him, uh, played you know three four years. Like, and he went through every you know at this point he had the option to do this. At this point he had the option to do that. He elected to do this, which opened up these opportunities for the next four years. And then the TV deals were signed in 2016, exploding the amount of potential earnings he can make and the Supermax and all this stuff, it was incredible. It really opened my eyes to so many things. Um, and it was awesome hearing Larry uh, go up there and do his thing, because he obviously, he teaches the NBA guys this stuff. Uh, so NBA teams are learning from this man. Obviously, for me to learn from him was a huge blessing. Um, right after that, we ran up uh, from Miami versus Memphis at one o'clock. I kind of wanted to peek my head in before me, uh, media and broadcasting 201. So I really just literally, we had like a 10 minute break. I was shot upstairs, wanted to peek my head and see who I could find. Um, and Tommy Balsettis, um, assistant GM of the Denver Nuggets, uh, episode 120, uh, was walking down the hallway, and I noticed that he's pretty tall. He's, it's funny. Some people are taller than you expected. Some people are shorter than you expected by, like, five, six inches, uh, which is pretty funny. But Tommy's actually, you know, pretty, a pretty tall, uh, sl- slim dude just like me. Uh, similar, we, we, we probably are about the same size. Um, and I saw Tommy. I was like, Tommy, what's up? Uh, kind of like, uh, oh, wait, scratch that. Scratch that. <laughs> I didn't say that. So I walked up to him, and I, he was with a couple of his Nuggets friends, but I said, Tommy, how are you? And he looked at me, not knowing who I was at first, with the mask, and I said, I'm John Hartfillis. You join, And immediately he goes, oh, my God, from Gen Z Hoops. He goes, thank you so much. That was one of the best podcasts I've ever – he said, thank you so much. That was the best podcast I've ever been on. You do a great job. He's like, I'm so happy uh, to have come on. He's like, what are you doing here? And I told him about SBC. He thought it was incredible. And then obviously he had to run off and do his assistant GM things off somewhere with the Nuggets. Um, I think they were playing the game after. 
Uh, but it was just cool seeing him, and he obviously said such nice things about the show. Tommy's a great guy. I didn't get to talk to him too much, and we obviously, um, he's very busy, so we don't get to talk too much. Uh, but obviously, it was just cool seeing him uh, walking around the arena just by chance, bumping into him uh, with his mask on. He, he was going to Cox. That's why Cox is, Cox is where the magic happens. If it was TNM, I probably wouldn't have gotten to see him. Uh, but Cox, we got to talk a little bit, uh, which was fun, of course. He, he, he didn't think I'd be as tall. It's funny, I, I got that from a lot of people where he was like, I didn't think you were this tall. And I said, I didn't know you were that tall either because uh, he's definitely well over six foot. Uh, but it was fun, right, talking to everybody and getting to know the uh, people that, right, someone like Tommy who I'd never met before. Um, so then we got down to, I, I ran back down after the quake. I, I'm like, okay, I saw Tommy Belsettis. I'm good. This was a good trip upstairs. Ran downstairs from Medium Broadcasting 201, finding your voice with Nate Duncan. The main thing is funny. Uh, we didn't talk too much about the socks, but it was kind of like he, a lot of the things he was talking about was finding your voice, finding who, who are you, what, what makes you different. Um, I don't think the Sox is the only thing that makes us different here at Gen Zoops, but it's definitely something that makes us unique, and everyone loved them. Uh, we'll talk more about that. Uh, but right after that, Medium Broadcasting 201, I met up with Ryan Pannone uh, from episode 39, um, right before Thunder versus Pelicans. I tried to find Cameron Woods from episode 88 and Mike Wilkes when we met at the Greg Buckner camp, uh, but they were locked into their games because Coach Cam had just gotten the call up to be the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, he was the assistant. Their head coach wasn't able to continue coaching, had to go back home. Uh, so Coach Cam got the promotion to head coach, and he killed it. Uh, he did a great job in that role. Um, it was great seeing him do his thing. Uh, but obviously, like, like you mentioned, really cool seeing Ryan Pannone in the hallway, bumping into him um, right, outside the, right, right outside Cox. And we ended up seeing him a lot more as the week went on, which we'll talk about because he was so helpful to me um, in making some of the memorable experience. Uh, but Ryan was, Ryan was really cool. He really, um, had, right before Summer League, had sent me a, a, a dry. He, he is the most, he, he's, he's going to be a head coach one day. He is one of the most organized coaches I've ever met. Um, if you see, ever see his, if you have the opportunity to see his, his computer and you see the library he has of plays, it is just folders upon folders of nicely organized. Everything is like, a, it's his own language. I, I, I had to ask him about a few of them, like, what does this mean? What, is, what, is the, what do these four uh, letters in a row mean? Um, and it's like, it's like something super complicated. It's an action. I have no idea what it is. Uh, but he is so smart, and he does so many cool things. And he sent me a bunch of his plays. Uh, he does like a, a little like quick like play of the month thing. Um, so I was really thankful like, that he thought of me before Summer League. And then I saw him there. We got to continue talking. Uh, he's, Ryan's the man. Ryan's really cool. Um, so then after that, I'm headed down for Ops 201. This is just kind of, just so you guys get an idea. These are tr quick trips up. We're, we're right in the basement of UNLV. I would just kind of go through class, run to the staircase, go up a flight of stairs, and then I'd be on the concourse, and I'd be out, out and about trying to, find, trying to find whoever I can for those 10 minutes just to make the most out of it and make sure I didn't miss anybody, even though, unfortunately, I did just because that's the nature of, of just how tough it is to meet up with everyone you want to see. Um, I got to meet a lot of people, especially people that I didn't know. Um, so it was really cool. So then, uh, but Ops 201, uh, draft capital with Eric Pincus and Dan Purcell. Um, the biggest thing from that, and everyone from SBC listening will laugh at this, um, was no unprotected first round picks. No, Under no circumstance, unless you're getting James Harden or LeBron, or unless you're trading for a, an absolute superstar, you do not trade unprotected first round picks. That is a huge no. Uh, people get fired for that. And I never, I, it's funny, this, this whole idea of protections with draft picks, obviously I knew how that worked. But I didn't realize the intricacies, like how important it is. Um, and not just obviously how important it is, but there's really such a science to it and the negotiation aspects of it is pretty incredible um, how these first-round picks get moved and how that's decided and how value is placed on them. Uh, so I loved hearing about that. That was really cool. Um, and then 
From there, we went on to scouting and video analytics 201, analytics in the front office with Kirk Goldsberry. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Kirk Goldsberry is like the, he's a one, he's, well, when I say the, everyone's kind of, Dean Oliver's a stats guru, a lot, a lot of stats gurus out there, uh, but Kirk Goldsberry's the guy that makes all the shot charts. Um, he has like a lot of famous shot maps, but one of the things that got him really, that really blew up on Twitter um, was he posted about the shot chart in, of all shots in the NBA in 2000, 2001, compared to the current day. And the difference is in 2000, 2001, it's just kind of like you know an even shot chart. There's shots everywhere. Maybe there's there's a very there's not as many shots. Um, there's more shots behind the three point line than there are right in front of it because not everyone's taking you know, super super long twos. But there's a lot of mid range shots in there. Like there's there's a lot of mid post shots. There's a lot of shots like that. In the modern day shot chart, it only is a big a circle in the middle of the right right into the basket in the protected area and a and, and a huge line around the three point line, um, which kind of showing the dichotomy of how you know the game has changed. So it's stuff like that that Kirk Goldsberry does. That's incredible. Um, his, his book, Sprawl Ball, is awesome. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to finish it. I started reading it before Summer League, and then, of course, got carried away with all the preparation for Summer League. But he does a great job, so detailed, so organized. Um, so his presentation is impeccable um, with his graphics and everything. So Kirk Goldsberry is really cool. Didn't get to give him his socks. I, th- th- for this first few episodes, you're going to hear that a lot because the guest socks didn't come in yet. Um, once Thursday, Friday, Saturday come, oh, it's, it's so- I'm Sock Santa Claus. Don't you guys worry about it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, so then um, from there with Kirk Goldsberry, we went up for the Toronto versus Golden State Warriors postgame um, and the Knicks versus Lakers pregame slash play-by-play. I did both of those. Uh, so the postgame for uh, Raptors Golden State, I did it um, with Alicia. Um, it was the two of us. It was Sam, Sam Perkins was, the, was, was running the show. He was our, our, uh, he was our host, and we were answering questions about you know, our, our, you know, the Raptors and the Golden State Warriors after the game. Uh, it was a pretty fun game. It was definitely fun seeing. You know, there were different styles of basketball. One team... Uh, the Raptors were killing it on the boards. Golden State was shooting a high percentage from three. So there was a huge difference um, in the way the two played and approached the game. Um, and it, it showed. Um, in, in, we really broke it down nicely, I think, um, in the post game. And you'll see it in one of the episodes of Gen Z Hoops. I'll be posting that on YouTube for sure. Check that out in the nice studio. Um, but from there, um, I actually saw Scott Brown came by um, and just peeked into what I was doing in the studio. So we, so when I got up, I immediately started talking to him. We started talking about the Brooklyn Nets Basketball Academy coming up the, uh, the following week um, and the best ways on how I can get the most out of that. How he was really giving me some great advice because he's a director there. Um, he does the 76ers camps for the most part. Uh, but he gave me some invaluable advice as to how to use the materials they give me. They gave us a lot of drills. Um, like a lot of, they're very organized. Uh, very like the timing was in, you know they you know by 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 in the, in the in minutes right showing what we're gonna go to and the drills we're gonna do, um so love that about it and I'm excited to do that um and kind of follow Scott's lead in that, and then after a few play by plays we headed back to the hotel. Um, the one funny part of the night that everyone kind of remembers because uh, we had just finished commentating, we were doing play-by-plays. Kelsley actually, we were actually walking through the hotel, and there's, you know, obviously it's Vegas. There's there's casinos, there's casinos everywhere. There's there's roulette tables everywhere. People are doing that, but there was a lot of beer pong tables littered around um, the hotel, just randomly, like in, in some of the in some of the places we're walking through just to get to our, our our hotel. And these these young ladies were playing beer pong. It was a group of like ten girls. They were all there for one of their engage. One of them was getting married, and she was she was my she was about twenty one, I believe, um, and she was getting engaged. Um, so Kelsey stopped, he pulled out his phone, put it under his mouth, and started commentating their beer pong game. Um, and Kelsey's an amazing, he was by far, by far, like not even close, the best play-by-play person that was there. Um, obviously, Bo Essie's may, well, maybe in terms of just anyone being there, but in terms of the medium broadcasting students, Kelsey was the best by far. Um, just so, so energetic, so enthusiastic. Um, his, his, just if you listen to our episode, because I'll be posting our play-by-plays, his famous line, nothing but oxygen, 
uh, will just resonate with me forever. Uh, it was just so funny, and he really had so much fun saying it uh, whenever someone would airball a shot. And there were a few of them uh, that would just come in here and there, and he would just he would just pull that line out. And he had so many others. He was just so creative with it. Um, really someone that has a bright future in, in, in play-by-play. Uh, but he commentated the girls' beer pong game. We started talking to them. That was fun. Uh, just really funny, just like the creativity and like just you know being a social butterfly at Summer League um, or, or back at the hotel, wherever it might be, um, having fun with it. Um, right, me making it a pleasurable experience for everyone, making people smile, making people laugh, um, and just right, kind of g- getting basketball in there in some way. Obviously, bringing the commentating or the basketball side of it um, into that interaction. Uh, so that was that, that. That wrapped up our night. Finished the first half of sports business classroom. We're looking for a very, very strong finish.